Welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa. Sponsored by Carnation. Airing live on United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. This show's opening has been produced, edited, narrated by Gwen Luckett at gluckett.com. everyone and welcome to Monday night segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa and Phil Syracusa. We're broadcasting live from the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We're fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We love them. You have to do a few things in order to participate in chat. Go to YouTube UFO Paranormal Radio. You can go into all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Twitch, SoundCloud, Podbeam, and of course, our group Horsefly Chronicles Radio on Facebook. And if you guys have any questions for our guests, please ask. So tonight, guys, we have two another two amazing guests to the show um so please welcome to the show chanel and rachel they are from elite vixen paranormal they are an all-female team based in middle tennessee with over 40 years of paranormal research experience they represent the women in the field tonight we are going to dive into some of their investigations they have done and uh, how they all became a team and so much more. So please let's welcome them to the show. Yay. Welcome. Hi, thank y'all. you. Thank y'all. Thanks for coming on tonight. Yes, thank you for having us. We have been talking. Well, so an all women team, that's interesting. I never have seen an all women team before. So how did you guys get started? So back in um, 2018, uh, Samantha and I were on a um, another team, had males and females. And um, during that time, Samantha specifically, more so than I did, um, really experienced a lot of, she noticed the inequality. Um, and even though like we all were supposed to be admins and we all were supposed to be equal, she noticed that things were not. Um, and then we had one investigation that kind of like put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Um, Sam and I were both running it, but it was really like we weren't running it. Um, and there was a lot of like um, just things that didn't really align with us. And um, a whole situation had happened and we were like, okay, well, that's the end of that. Um, so Samantha had already been toying with the idea of like creating our own team. And so like after that investigation, she was like, are you ready to do this? And I was like, yeah, I think I am. So um, we formed this team and she had brought a couple people that we had known and um, that a couple that she had known. And here we are. And, and how many, wow. how many of you are on the team? As of today, there are nine. Wow. Um, yeah, and we all have, like, differing levels of, like, experience and differing levels of, um, you know, like, reasons why we're here. Because everybody's got different reasons for why right. we're in the field. You know, so we really have everything from scientists to skeptics to UFO people to, I mean, really, we have a very well-rounded team. I love that. So, like, everybody brings something different to the table. That, that's amazing. So, Rachel, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the team and become friends with everybody? Oh, we can't hear her. Oh, wait, you might have to hit. Oh, there. 
There you go. Sorry about that. You heard it before. All right, you can. Yeah, you can. Okay, good. You heard me, right? I did. Yeah. So I'm one of the newer members of the team. Um, I joined about a year ago, um, and I had met one of the other members. Her name is Raina. I met her um, just out and about, and we got to talking. And she said, "You know, we. I'm part of an." all girl paranormal team. And I thought, Oh my God, you are here. And she said, yes. And I, and she said, we might be looking for some members soon. So she said, here's, here's how you reach out to us. And I did. And initially they weren't ready at that moment to bring me on. And then I ran into him at a paranormal con, um, locally. And they said, Hey, you're the girl that reached out to us. And I said, yeah, I am. And so once they got to meet me, they were like, you know, we want to give you a shot and see, see what you think. And so, um, you know, been with them ever since. Wow. So what is Chanel, you have, you have been, um, having experiences since you were a little kid. What are some yeah. of the things that have happened to you that kind of like open your eyes to the paranormal and really made you want to you know be where you are today so yeah i grew up in a um actually in york pennsylvania um my dad's house we are the second family to own it and it was built sometime between 1850 and 1875 um we're not 100 sure and you know records weren't so good back then mm-hmm. and um so yeah, like my whole life, I would experience all of these things. And like, I remember being like four years old and just terrified to go upstairs by myself. Like I did not want to go upstairs. And, you know, I just kind of grew up with it or whatever. And so I finally moved in with my dad when I was about 17. And um, this is when like paranormal shows were in like their infancy. So I'm not going to age myself, but it was a while ago. <laughs> And, um, you know, and I had just started watching those. And so like some of the experience, the things that I was hearing and seeing and experiencing, they were talking about on these TV shows. And I was like, wait, what? And so I was like, so I was 17 at the time. And so I went to my dad and I was like, um, got a question. This math ain't mathin'. There's something going on here. And was like, dad, what? Is, is our house haunted? And, you know, he was like, well, he's like, I'm going to tell you the same thing that my mother told me as a child. If you leave them alone, they're going to leave you alone. And I was like, what? Like, I'm sorry, you know? Um, so that really kind of like, my interest was already peaked, you know? And then that kind of solidified, like, oh my gosh. And I remember like people, cause of course I was young and people would be like, well, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, Oh, I want to be a paranormal investigator. And they're like, you want to what? <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to be a parapsychologist when I grow up. That's still my goal when I grow up. Oh, wow. And, and Rachel, has anything ever happened to you as a kid that kind of like me, I could tell. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, I was probably around similar age to Chanel um, when I had a first experience. It it was at a friend's house and um, her, and I lived in California, so uh, it wasn't as old (laughs) as Chanel's up in the the East, but um, the house wasn't older for, for that area that we lived in near San Francisco Bay area. And, um, she was, her father was telling us that, you know, yeah, there's been some, something, you know, some strange stuff that has been happening. And and she said, we used to think that, um, my friend that, that, um, as a little kid, she would, that she just had an imaginary friend that she was all the time talking with, playing with full on conversations with, that's the whole story as we're like, there's a few of us kind of like standing in a circle around her dad as he's telling us this story. And all of a sudden I get like a full on tap on the shoulder Oh! and nobody was around me. And I, you know, and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, did any of you touch me? And they were like, what are you talking about? We're not anywhere near you. How are we going to touch you? 
And so from that moment on, it's sort of like, that's what kind of really piqued my interest. But I think that I've, I've had a lot of my life, I felt that I was probably empath and I could feel different things that I kind of shut <laughs> for a long time. I think I shut off because, yeah, um, so did I. I you know, it's just a lot to take on. It is. It's a lot to take on. You're scared. You're young and you don't know. And you kind of like, I guess we like build up this thing where we can like shield ourselves. Absolutely. It's, it's so strange. And then something usually in our lives kind of like open that door back up. I know that's what happened to me. Like in my forties, I started like, I'm like, what? what is going on here? I, I grew up in a haunted house too. And it's, it, that's how it happens. Right, Phil? hundred percent. Phil, do you have any questions? I mean, I've been born haunted, so I don't know. I can't tell the difference anymore. <laughs> but you know, what's interesting is it's an all female team. I like that. I, I like where they went with this. And the question is, do you find during paranormal investigations that there's a difference of communication with the other side when you are alone with females versus having males in a response from the spirit yeah i have noticed that that there is a difference um especially when it comes to like children's spirits um because like as women we tend to be a little more softer you know um and so i notice that especially with children's spirits they can be drawn to us especially yeah. if we ourselves are mothers i've really noticed that um because of course i investigate like a lot like i collaborate with a lot of other teams and um the interactions that happen when like you know, when they're um, interacting with like male investigators are totally different. I've also noticed that women investigators tend to get hit on <clears throat> by the spirits a lot more than the male ones. do. <laughs> I think every single investigation <laughs> we go on, they're trying to pick up one of my girls every time. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. It really? Sense. I mean, I mean, we've heard of that. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I mean, do you get to see what they look like at least? Are they tall, dark, and handsome? Like, I mean, are they attractive spirits to say, hey, you know, they're going to take you up and pick them up on their ghost car? I mean, the rule is if they're going to like take us out, we at least got to be able to get a picture of them or something, you know? <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. But yeah, the last investigation we just went on at the Caldwell House in Russellville, Kentucky, they were trying to pick up Abigail. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, it's done. And how do, how do you handle that? Like, how do you, if that type of thing happens, like, how do you, how do you handle it? Honestly, we just kind of laugh it off. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we have to like set boundaries and like, no, no, no. Like I'm like, I, cause I've had it happen to me. It's like, no, I'm married. Stop touching me. Cause that happens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of like set those boundaries be like, bro, like this ain't it. Or you know, kind of play into it and flirt with them a little bit and see if you get a little more activity because sometimes that works well, too. You know, that's interesting. Now, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. You said they touched you. How do you feel that? Like a person or a vibration? So it took me a long time actually to realize what it felt like when a spirit touched me because being like very scientific based, I would chalk it up to like, it's my muscles, you know, it's like a muscle spasm or, Oh, like, you know, my arms falling asleep. And it wasn't until honestly, y'all, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this like a year ago that I had spoke to one of my other friends in the field. And I was like, I got a question. And I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like that, like my muscles or whatever, um, or I feel kind of like tingly, like my arms falling asleep or my foot's falling asleep, whatever. But it's not like the same type of feeling. And they're like, oh, that's because they're touching you. And I was like, I've been an investigator for this long and did not know that. <laughs> Legit. You feel, you feel tingling? You mm -hmm. talked yeah. about that a few days ago doing the reading of the tingling. And is that someone actually touching you? Interesting. Right, Phil? We were talking about that. That's crazy. You know, there's a move. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's called The Entity. It's back, they dated back to the 70s. But anyway, it's about this female. 
and it's a document it's supposed to be true who was raped by the spirit now you know being scientific and you know i like to play both sides of the fence both skeptic and believer is that possible i feel like also being a skeptical believer um and also being rooted in psychology because y'all that's my jam um i don't know that it's possible for that to be a human spirit I don't know. I would have to look at really look at the evidence and look at what else is going on, really see if there's any kind of like psychological disorders, um, schizophrenia, you know, dissociative identity disorder, things like that. Is that going on before I could be like, hmm, that could be a thing. Watch the movie when you get a chance, the entity. Um, there is a doctor involved. There's a lot of information. It's not just a bogus movie. This, this was documented. And again, it leaves you thinking the possibilities now. I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if that is true, the way that happened to her, and, you know, you see everything that this thing would do to her in that fashion, and uh, that's pretty scary. That, yeah. you know, and again, it could be a demonic entity or it could be someone who's just a very malevolent spirit. Do they have that strength? We know that they could touch you through some form of communication or vibration. So you get a tingle. We also know you can get handprints or fingerprints on you. Have you ever gotten that before? I have. Um, I actually have been like... I actually got attacked one time, um, like physically attacked. We were in a jail down in Lynchburg, Tennessee. And um, yeah, so I've had it like my entire chest was all red. Um, I had like marks on my back from it. So. Oh, so how did you, what happened? Like, how did you handle that? Um, well, it started because I couldn't breathe. And like Samantha, Samantha and I are really in tune when we investigate together. Um, and so like we were together in jail cell four and she knew walking into the building that something was up with jail cell four. And so there's an entity up there that he's a human spirit, but he does not like women. Um, and I of course ignored my own rule, which is, you know, that like, if you start to get angry or something like that, we need to leave. You know, I ignored that learned things that night and um also got to like provoking a little bit like i was saying things like well there's a woman in your jail cell what do you think about that you know had a little attitude well he told me what he thought about that um and so sam looks at me and she's like are you okay and i'm like dude i'm fine and then like a minute or two later i'm like dude i can't breathe <laughs> so um yeah got out of the jail completely you know grounded myself went across the street actually the entire team we all took a break um but yeah it took about an hour and a half for me to go back into the building because it took a long time for me to get my breathing back regulated to be honest um so yeah just did that and then for the rest of that night i didn't investigate in the jail side I investigated on the jail or the jailer side like the house part but i've been back there since so I haven't had any bad experiences. Has anything ever followed any of you home to the point where it, it just, it got bad? I, I haven't had any of that experience yet, but again, being newer to the team, you know, I know it's not out of the realm of mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. Have you, Chanel? I took a child home one time from a location. Okay. <laughs> um they stuck around for about a week they were little um they really didn't do anything bad though so i have not had any bad experiences but yeah i brought things home okay okay one of the most difficult you guys have been on how how, how many locations would you say that you really investigated um i honestly don't know <laughs> we've been at yeah, we've been as far south as Mississippi. Um, we we tend to stay really between Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, 
but I honestly don't know how many locations. Okay, totally so all the locations that you've been to with your team, what was the most intense and kind of like the one that really left a mark on all of you? Oh, I think I'm going to speak for all of us when I say Octagon Hall in Franklin, Kentucky. Octagon Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay. What happened? That place, oh, it's that is one of those locations that it doesn't matter the time of year. It doesn't matter the time of day. Um, it's just filled with activity. It's um, so like it, the house itself was built like the 1850s. I think it was finished in the 1859, if I remember correctly. And it was also like during the Civil War was used as a Civil War hospital. Both the Union um, soldiers and the Confederate soldiers were there. They used to hide, um, or they actually, the family actually hid the Confederate soldiers from the Union soldiers when they took it over. Um, so that's one of those places that just, there's always activity there. And okay. one of my favorite places to be. Okay. Wow. I heard about that Octagon place. I think John Cushman was there, Julie, from Dinner with a Ghost. I think the Octagon is what he used to talk about. I've seen a video on that place. It's pretty wild, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, how do you feel? Now, This I know this is a topic you might not want to talk about, but I'm going to ask anyway. How do you feel about residential cases? <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> um, you okay. know I had to ask you that. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. So, okay, we actually don't specialize in residential cases. Um, that's not that we don't collaborate on them. That's not that we don't appreciate them because they're important to this field, but we don't specialize in those. We really specialize in established haunted locations. The reason for that is because of, there's a couple different reasons. Um, number one, because being scientific based and trying to get empirical evidence, we want to see if we can get corroborating evidence that other people have gotten before, um that's also why we go back to like uh local locations that's why we do that a lot that then we can get like the same thing possibly happen um the other reason that we don't do or don't specialize in um residentials is because there's a big psychological component um so with every now i will tell you full disclosure like i get people all the time that'll email me call me you know, talking about, oh, I got activity in my home. I literally looked through 30 videos um, like two or three weeks ago from this person that was like, I think that there's, you know, my kids like being like afflicted. And I looked and I was like, no, <laughs> you know, but I took the time to go through all of that evidence and called them back. Um, the other reason, so there's a lot of psychology, you know, psychology that goes into um, residential cases. The other reason, of course, is safety. Um, we've had experiences where people have called us up and full disclosure, men specifically have, you know, called us or sent us e- emails talking about, we want this particular person to come and investigate, you know, the house. And it's like, mm, we, we, we don't do that. Um, you know, I had one time a gentleman that was like, I need you to come to my house. He was in Alabama. And I was like, well, let me get with one of my, this is way back in the day. Also a couple of years ago, I was like, well, let me get with my partner and see if we can, you know, schedule out a time to come down there and check it out. Oh, no, no, no. I just want you by yourself. Oh. No, we don't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah, but those, those, are, are the those, are the, those are the trolls. Those are the trolls. Those are the people that have nothing better to do with their lives. Look, a haunting is a haunting, no matter where you are, who you are. I believe if you're an investigator and again, you say psychology and scientific, a picture is a picture, a recording is a recording, and a haunting is a haunting, period. There's no sugarcoating it, denying the fact that if something's haunting or someone is haunted, it's haunted. Um, look, no one's more skeptic than me. Nobody, I'll, I'll I'll go across everything with you, everything, and you'll have a breakdown with me before you. I am convinced what you're telling me because I don't believe you, right? But, but when toys move by themselves with no batteries, you can't give me a scientific explanation. When pictures appear and then disappear, 
where these entities can shape shift into a format you can't give me an explanation behind that and when there's a solid evp and i'm not talking about a spirit box because they're garbage to me they're garbage throw them out the window i'm talking about a, a recorder a digital recorder where you're asking a question can you hear me to the other side and you're getting verbatim yes i can hear you that to me is a class a evp it's not hearsay he said she said there's your evidence right there and when you have that i understand the component where you're saying well residential cases you know there's people that drugs and you know whether they have schizophrenia and bipolar and what's what are they actually doing to do these things i get all that you got to rule that up first right drugs alcohol but evidence is evidence at the end of the day if you have solid evidence and i'm not talking about a rem pod because that's garbage i'm not talking about a k2 meter that's garbage all these measures have been um tested through cable cable devices i can make an, a k2 go off my remote on my cable tv that's on the third floor that you didn't know that a rem pod i could put two magnets together near a television and make a rem pod go off so i go through every single aspect but yet but yet we know and i know that ghosts do exist demons do exist and that there's another another veil right but through right through that veil is another world which leads me to a question to either one of you who want to answer what are shadow people in your opinion <laughs> rachel looked at me you look um so in my opinion shadow people are can be either human or inhuman spirits um I think that like shadow people and poltergeist sometimes get like a bad reputation. Like people are like, oh, you know, they're demons. Nah, no, they're just in, you know, they can be human spirits that are negative or not negative. It's just how they manifest themselves. Yeah. You know, on the news a few weeks ago um, with this whole UFO thing, and one of the top people came forward and says that we know of interdimensional beings mm. and you know this is not someone who just went to a grade a school this is somebody who's on the top now of the force of our military this is the guy who knows his stuff right and then you go to paranormal investigating and we know that we have definitions small definitions right for shadow people is it possible that shadow people are what he said they might be interdimensional beings where they come from somewhere else but they can shadow into our realm for example yeah i mean i think in my opinion that that could be a strong possibility of what they are um i mean i think we know so little about what we don't know right yeah, um, yeah and I so i think that that's a that's a very strong possibility even maybe that's what ghosts are as far as we know you know it's interesting you know and again you know I, i've worked with a lot of teams throughout the years and there's always some similarity between some kind of alien thing through a voice recording and ghost and it's like, are they in that same parallel? Um, the shadow people from our knowledge are intelligent beings. And they've proven that through telling us what we're going to do before we do it on recording. Um, there's things you just can't debunk. And you say, well, how is this possible? In fact, we had someone in our own home um, who was texting to another investigator who was in the backyard and on the recording of the voice it said exactly what they were texting mm -hmm. and it makes you recognize now this is where the shadow appear of a figure and it blows my mind how intelligent they are and it has that big question mark right because look as investigators we all know there's still there's never a solid answer it's what we think it is uh, but we're still not certain 
but somehow there's a connection somewhere between aliens and ghosts or demons, however you want to label it. There's always some type of connection there. Yeah, I agree. It's wild. I think the bottom line is too, we always end up with what more questions than answers. I mean, it's just like, it just never stops. It's, we're just always learning and learning and learning it. And then we end up with more questions and uh, it's, you know, like, like your house that you grew up with in uh, Chanel, you said that, I think you said that you still don't know what's there to this day. I think that's what you said. I think it's in your bio. Um, it could be. Am I um, right? So we're pretty sure that it's like family members. Um, and like, one of them being my grandmother specifically, because she was like born in the house and died in the house. Okay. Um, and so uh, like, yeah. And yeah. So she, she'll actually like, if something's not going her way or she sees something she doesn't like, or if my dad does not give her the proper attention that she requires, she will let him know. Um, a couple years ago, there was a mother's day and he forgot to put flowers out on her like grave site because she was cremated after uh, she passed away. And then he put out a little memorial in the backyard for her. Um, and he forgot to put flowers out there and all of a sudden, like all of these things started happening in the house, but my dad literally had to call and tell me about, oh, and I was like, that's what you get for forgetting mother's day. Like, well, I, I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> if I'm not doing that in the afterlife, have, am I afterlife incorrectly? <laughs> well, Phil, all I got to say is. No one ever better, we better not forget any Mother's Day or birthdays or anything. If anything ever happens, <laughs> I will well, come back and yeah. you your death. Here comes a skeptical question. Either one of you can answer it. It's a hard question. Um, it seems like you're on the fence of, you know, you want the proof, which I like, right? And according to what you're telling me, you believe that ghosts exist and ghosts can be spirits sometimes, right? Loved ones, correct? Yeah. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting to hear a yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was shaking my head. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? Okay. So here comes this. No, good. I'm a, I'm a believer. So let's just put that out there, right? But on a skeptic point of view, according to religion, and there are many types of religion. We cannot communicate with the dead because the dead are dead. They only come back when the resurrection happens, according to religion, right? Now, we know as paranormal investigators, we can communicate. But according to religion, we're communicating with demons, your answer. I think that when you look at religious interpretations, um, there's thousands of them and there's thousands of them within each specific type of religion um i also believe that religion is like personal so even though we could be taught by say a baptist minister minister we all have our own personal religion as well um so when you look at christianity when it says like thou shall not conjure up demons or conjure up spirits whatever that could be that preacher's interpretation um but for ourselves, it's like, I can tell when I'm like talking to my grandmother or I know when it's like my regular house spirit that just comes and goes when he pleases um, where I live now. And I think that we're just able to build connections in with those in the afterlife. And sometimes they carry over from when they were living. And sometimes it's, you know, you meet them, you get to know them, you get to have conversations with them. I think that the term demon is overused a lot in this field um according to religion that's what you're communicating with and it's written in the bible in many bible formats that you are communicating with demons not the living that crossed over because the dead are dead yeah it's tricky gotcha you know it's interesting. Tricky. I'm, a I'm an investigator 
And I believe in my opinion, religion is a form of control. That's what I believe. Oh, and I believe that because being an investigator, I know the difference between a loved one, when you hear a song come on that reminds you, you of them and you got that feeling like mom's around or dad's around or grandpa's around or you can feel it, right? That, I'm not feeling no demon. So then, then there's a lot of skepticism and there's a lot of people who go both ways of, well, I'm going to go to church and be a Catholic or a Christian, and then I'm going to be a paranormal investigator. So you're a hypocrite because you can't do both and serve both. I, I hate to say it, but you could believe in a higher vibration, a higher power. But if the church is telling you, you cannot communicate with the dead, and you go out and investigate that night, and you're communicating with the dead, well, then there's a problem, isn't there? And, and that's where I think I think science needs to come closer to both ends. You know, there's a lot of atheists in science, right, that do not believe in anything. They don't believe in, when you're dead, you're dead. That's it, period. Um, I think that paranormal investigators have so much credibility, but they need to bring more to the table, right, and say, well, prove it. Prove how that toy goes off when I ask it to go off when there's a spirit around. Prove it. Tell me a scientific explanation on an EVP. When I'm asking a question, I'm getting a direct answer. Can you give me a scientific explanation? Because I'd love to hear it. What are you going to tell me? A radio tower at that second, at that time of that day, somehow that came through on a broadcast? I call BS. It's not true. It's not possible. So we know this. And that's why, you know, religion, again, it plays into this big part. I don't disrespect anyone's belief. Uh, but when it's written in stone and we're investigating and seeing something totally different that we can communicate, it raises the eyebrows, right? It's like, who wants to believe and who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, I think you summed it up where I think it's all a matter of just what you believe. You have to take it on faith. And that's why it's called faith. And so, I mean, for me, in my personal opinion, I, I don't subscribe to what, you know, religion dictates. You know, I agree. Because I think there are so many religions out there and you can't point the finger and say that one's right and that one's wrong. Yeah. You know, they all have some common truths to them. And, you know, so. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. And it's interesting, right? Because uh, we know what we know from our experiences. And then if you walk into a church and then try to preach that or talk about that, you get thrown out in two seconds. <laughs> but yet we know that we can communicate. I'm not communicating with demons. I'm communicating with spirits. Could be loved ones from anybody. So it's such a, it's so sensitive, the topic. And, and I think that, well, look, today a lot more people are receptive to paranormal investigators, right? This is, you know, versus the 80s, you didn't even hear about this. Now it's more respected in a way where people know of communication. And you know what? I don't know any Bible talks about UFOs or aliens, and yet NASA's coming forward and our scientists are coming forward and our, our military's coming forward and say, we can't explain what we're seeing. But that's not in the Bible either, is it? So it leads you to believe that forms of control throughout humanity, which I believe now, uh, and again, I don't disrespect religion, but it kind of makes sense to me that it's believe me or, you know, or you're incorrect. Believe Christianity or, you know, if you're Catholic and, it's my way or no way, you know, or Muslim or Protestant or whatever. And there's so many of them that, you know, I call it, me personally, I call it fake. Fake. Why don't you come out an investigation with me and let's communicate and then give me an explanation of who I'm talking to. And don't tell me it's any demon. Okay, this is not the exorcist. I'm not possessed. Tell me who I'm talking to. So it's, I guess, you know, it's to each individual what they want to believe. But there are a lot of people who are hypocrites, many of them. They'll walk into their church and pray to God and Allah and everybody else. And then at night they're investigating. Well, you can't serve two masters. What do you believe? See, I, 
go ahead, Julie. No, no, no. I just that I just get lost because you're right, Phil. It's like in a way that it, it is. You can. It's it's a, you're a hypocrite. Yes, but I also feel like I don't know if there's just any any rules to any of this. Like I just feel like there's no rules to this. It's like I don't know. I, I grew up a uh, Catholic, uh, but you know I still believe that you know in spirits and. I, I have friends that are witches and I'm also a witch. I mean, it's just, I just feel like there's no rules. There's just no rules. And when I say that people get mad. So I don't know. It's just how I see it. Well, and the Catholic church recognizes in spiritual hauntings. I mean, you know, they recognize demons as like legit entities. Otherwise we wouldn't have exorcists. Yeah. Um, so the Catholic Church is very much like, yes, they exist. When you look at more Protestant religions like Baptists, Baptists are like, oh, no. yeah. And then oh, you yeah. look at even like other cultures, you know, so and even just sticking with this side of the world. Um, if you go to like Mexico, they don't believe in spirits except for like the Day of the Dead. That's it. Other than that, ghosts don't exist. Yeah. Um, so and one thing that. I love and I would love to see come to fruition is like, I've always felt that paranormal is the bridge between religion and science. Mm. And like, you know, one day when I like, I'm grown up and all the things, you know, I would love to actually write a book like about this, you know, how paranormal bridges that gap between religion and science, specifically psychology, because that's my niche, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my opinion opinion on that that'd be really interesting that'd be a I like that. mm -hmm. absolutely so i just want to give a shout out to everybody in chat so we have william cook kelly burns and lockbeard they all say hello thanks for come listening tonight so you girls also throw a lot of events yes do you want to talk about that um what's coming up what do you have coming up and how could we find out about them? Who wants to go all first? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, the month of October, we all tend to stay pretty busy, you know. Um, let's see. We will be hosting, again, this month, um, Octagon Hall. For the third year in a row, we'll be hosting their Nova Hunts. Oh, novice hunts novice. <laughs> um we'll be doing that the third weekend so october 20th and 21st that also is the weekend that we're committed to no sleep because we will be at the tennessee haunts and legends expo during the day on the 21st um yeah those are the big things that we're doing this month yeah and then next month sorry y'all i'm thinking um december is our big uh, that's big our big thing. one you want to talk about that yeah i can talk a little bit about that so just give me the just it's december 9th right chanel yeah okay so december 9th um we'll be at and it's the thomas house and um we're going to be doing an investigation there with the public um we're Selling tickets and those tickets are $100, um, but that goes towards um, the room there at the Thomas House. It's a hotel, um, but it's also very known to be haunted. Um, mm -hmm. And um, they provide dinner and they provide breakfast the next day as well. And so oh, wow. all of that, that money is, is going back to what we call the Vixens Give Back. So every year... For at least the past two years, if that is that right, Chanel. Um, I think the first year they did it, they adopted we adopted like one family, um, and then this last year we did two families, and um, we really helped to um, give them Christmas that they most likely oh, that's would have. Oh, that's so nice. That's super yeah. That's so this yeah. year we're hoping to do even more. We're looking to maybe do um, maybe give back to a charity where we can help more people than than oh, wow. normally could you know because there were a lot of families that got nominated last year and it was a really tough decision i think for us to decide 
because so many deserve to have such a, yeah. you know, with single moms and yeah, it was really difficult to make that decision, but yeah. you get to see the rewards when you bring them Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I really, I really appreciate that. That that's really nice. That's really nice. So uh, question. So this, there's so many teens and young children that, are kind of like venturing into the paranormal, right? Um, what would your advice be to these young kids that are just diving into it all the wrong way? And do you like it? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I like that, that, that there's an interest there. And um, I think that that's wonderful. Um, I think as far as them trying to dive into something inexperienced. Um, mm -hmm. I think that they should probably consider, you know, just uh, doing a little bit more research first and before they head dive into trying to investigate locations yeah. and potentially run into harm. Yeah. I, I also... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I also feel like that when you get into this field, it's it can be a lifelong commitment. Um, and deciding to do that. Now, granted, once again, we all, a lot of us got our interest, you know, at a young age as teenagers. Um, but it really can be a lifelong commitment. And like Rachel said, they can get hurt. Um, and I feel like that because there has been a lot of people who've been able to capitalize on the YouTube thing. Um, I feel like that as long as they come in, well, first off, I don't believe they really should be investigating until they're, you know, at least 18. Um, that's my own personal opinion. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like, and making sure, you know, that they are, cap you know, doing it for the right reasons. Everybody's got their own reasons for being in the field, you know, but there's wrong reasons to be in the field as well. And especially if you're just going to go in, portray your locations to be things that they're not um, or portray there to be things that happen that have not, because that does nothing to help the field. It really just decredits the field, you know, and those of us that are trying to really make this a legit science in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I guess it just bothers me when I see all these little kids, you know, picking up Ouija boards and, and just, they don't have no idea what they're doing. And it's it's sad, it's scary. They don't have anybody to mentor them. And um, we've, we did it. And, you know, we know what could happen from experience doing those things at, at very young ages. And it's scary. And If you have intent and you communicate, you know, then you're opening up a doorway to you don't know what. And exactly. it's not always good. It could be the most evil thing ever um here's a question for you another skeptical question that people would ask you know investigators so you go to a location that you know is haunted right like you went to the octagon now i know that's haunted from people i know right and are you telling us it's haunted because you're going there and those spirits can't leave there because their choice of free will is to be there on that side or is it possible through some form of psychosomatic power of thought you think you're there and you're communicating with nothing other than yourself again that's what a skeptic would add yeah, so feel free however you want to format that i love this question because i love psychology and i know very well <laughs> how our brains our minds can play tricks on us um so i absolutely love this because honestly both answers are plausible it 100 percent can be mind over matter or it can 100 percent be spirits that are there have been there for the last 150 plus years because math is hard right now apparently i think that's more than 150 years i don't know anyway <laughs> spirits have been there for a while <laughs> um you know, are also stuck there or they choose to remain there. Um, one of the spirits that I believe remains there because she chooses to is Mary Elizabeth. You know, she was a 12 year old little girl that caught fire 
in the winter kitchen and she died a couple days later in her bedroom. You know, so that's her home. That's what I believe. However, it very much could just be my own brain. Like, hey, let's just make you think something that's not actually here. I think it's 100% plausible. Both answers. Okay, then where's the proof that you have of a ghost being in that location? Do you have a picture? Do you have an EVP? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have on our team, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we really don't put out a lot of evidence. And that's for one of two reasons. Number one, I'm a busy woman. I have a real life. I have a job. I have a family. And it's a lot of work to go through evidence. <laughs> the other reason is because we only put out what we consider to be hard evidence. That's going to be your EVPs. That's going to be your like legit video footage that right. I can't right. look at and be like, it could just be pixelation right. or lighting. So that's why we don't put out a lot of evidence. But at Octagon Hall, we do have hard evidence. Um, we had a candle turn on by itself. Um, that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, we've had EVPs there. Um, <clears throat> sorry, y'all. Um, and I mean, then there's personal experiences, which we don't discount personal experiences, but we don't consider those evidence because okay. it's not concrete. Right. Okay. So you're telling me and the world, you have solid evidence at one location specifically. And this girl died in a fire. Now, let's think about this logically. She died in a fire. If you died in a fire at a location, why would you want to remain there? Is it because you remained there before the fire and the fire never existed? Or do you keep re-going through the fire? I think when it comes to her specifically, I think it's just because that was her home. And that's why she stays there. Um, she did. She didn't die like immediately. She died from actually her burn wounds a couple days later. I think the estimation is she lived for about a week. Uh, and she just couldn't recover from the burn wounds. So for her specifically, I think it's just that's her home. You know, kind of like my grandmother. You know, mm -hmm. that's her home. Um, but I feel like that for other spirits that may have experienced similar things, like specifically like drownings, you know, how they like will continue to haunt like lakes or streams or something. It's because they're reliving that and they can't get out of that loop. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. It's interesting. And I always say we have free will. We have choice on the other side, right? Where energy, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, so it goes through different dimensions of timelines. Um, now, in my personal belief and experience and opinion, maybe, just maybe, if you are communicating and you have intelligent responses, it's how it was with that spirit, not how it turned out to be. Which means, if you had an old Victorian house that burnt out, then you have new construction put over that house, okay, an apartment building. But yet there's a haunting in the apartment building. It's possible, very possible, it kind of reminds me of the movie Beetlejuice in a way, where mm -hmm. they're still coexisting in that time frame because time doesn't exist, right? We've made up time. And they're actually living in a way we just don't understand. And then when we try to cross the realm through communication with our devices and our pictures and whatever forms of method that we use, somehow we're connecting in between both worlds. Mm. That could be. Because, you know, has that spirit, that specific girl spirit told you something intelligent, intelligent, not a word, an intelligent response saying, hey, this is where I am and this is where I want to be because I chose to be and this is what I see. I, also, know I, ha I haven't gotten that, but I would love to, by the way. Mary Elizabeth, if you can hear me. <laughs> it also reminded me of the, uh, the movie The Others. I don't know oh, if you saw I'm that one with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of is like that. Yeah. Um, where they, she doesn't know she's dead. Yeah. You know, the kids kind of have, they know that they're dead. Yeah. We always bring um, up that movie. 
That's a great movie. And the movie makes a lot of sense to me, too, in a way, right? I mean, for all we know, we're the ghost. Yeah. Correct. To them, we're the ghost. <laughs> to us, there is. You know, so many. I, I honestly believe that in a lot of um, different outlets. I, I believe that to be true. It's crazy. Well, Do and some of this stuff, too, is like we, we could be running into residual hauntings. True. Like we're getting a recording of something that happened in in time that the environment recorded it yes. and we're just and getting playback of that yes like the stairs phil you always talk about the stairs tell yeah. me about the stairs Footsteps. how well like the, the stairs don't exist where you're located but you hear someone going up and down the stairs only to know that a previous house that was there years ago had the stairs and that happens a lot we hear a lot of stories like that and that kind of tells me like well maybe that that time that frame still does exist with that person and those spirits we just think it's not there because we, we look at reality differently and our perception of what it really is but maybe we have it wrong right because we think time is linear and it might not be it might be cyclical true it's fascinating. The whole topic is fascinating. Yeah. And the fact that we can communicate is more fascinating than more fascinating. So I think you're doing a great job. I love it. I like the old female thing. And, you know, I would say keep up the great work. And, you know, let's just try to get more people on board to um, do these uh, investigations and bring the evidence out to the world, right? That's why Julie and I do the show. We like to have people like yourselves on and um, we, but this is knowledge, knowledge. And one day this will be written in books, right? Yeah. And one day this will be accepted as uh, we can communicate with the other side to a degree of understanding through consciousness that right now we're still not there. So, you know, my hat goes off to both of you and your whole team. Keep it up and spread the word and get the evidence. Um, and there's a lot of equipment out there that, again, I hate to say it, but it's garbage. Um, you know, if a, a cable remote can make something go off, you know, the best evidence is the EVP through a digital recorder, right? You can't debunk that. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Pictures are okay, but pictures can be optical illusions and matrix in and the one person says, well, I see this and I see that. And you know, it's, it's not even valuable at, at one point. Um, devices of communication and validation is the most important thing to paranormal investigators to prove to everybody that we go on through other forms of existence and yes we can communicate and listen for that song on the radio listen for the sign because loved ones are all around us i believe that too and um communication is validation and we miss them a lot we miss the signs a lot because we're, we're like you said we're busy we're busy we're working we're busy and so many times i feel like you know they're sending us signs and we, we just miss them yeah, or we're just not open to them. Yeah. Like, because I think so many people are closed off and they mm -hmm. don't want to believe what they're seeing or hearing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this show has been an amazing show. Girls, thank you for mm -hmm. coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, Kelly, thank you. Lockbeard, thank you so much. Um, William Cook, again, thank you for joining us. They were all in chat listening. Um, where could we find you girls again? Tell us. Um, so on Facebook or, um, just look up elite Vixen paranormal Instagram, TikTok, the internet. If you just Google elite Vixen paranormal, we're going to pop up. Um, we do have a YouTube channel also. Um, and yeah, we've really appreciated being on here. I knew yeah. like we were talking, this is going to be a great show. And I knew it was good. And I'm so excited. He's got, so some hard, he's got some hard questions. I mean, sometimes yeah. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I love that. You yeah. know, I love that, you know, that outside of the box questioning yeah. instead of, you know, the standard. So I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, I did too. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having, coming on to Horsefly Chronicles Radio and to all our guests and listeners. Um, girls, keep up the great work and uh, get out there and let's get that evidence. And Julie, wrap it up. All right. Special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show from day one. We love them. Thank you. Um, please join us next week on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, girls. Have a great night. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye.